Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello. Whoa. Hi, welcome. Hi, welcome, welcome to, to the Linda Show. Brayden is in here Braden this week. Is here. Excuse me? I tried and to this speak. This is the Belinda Show. Excuse hey, me, sir, sir. Hey, welcome to the Belinda Show. Yeah, thank you, sir. This is the Belinda Show, where it's all about me and only me. And definitely not you, Mina Podcast. Nope. You've clicked on the wrong one. Thank you to Belinda's <laughs> fantastic patrons over at www.patreon.com slash... Belinda's podcast. <laughs> you mean a poltergeist. <laughs> Thank you for supporting Belinda. <laughs> hey guys. Hey guys. I'm just joking. This is you mean a poltergeist. Oh, Brayden you tricked is here. Them. I know. They didn't know that it was me by the uh, voice. Sound of your voice? <laughs> yeah. No. I feel like I have a fairly distinct, uh, nasally weird voice. Oh, I wouldn't say it's nasally. This is how I sound in my mind. Ready? Like Squidward. <laughs> it was kind of an attempt at a Squidward voice, I suppose. Anyways, what's new, babe? Holy macaroni, it's been a minute. What's new? Yes. Um, I've been getting my teeth fixed. Yeah, there we go. Mm-hmm. There's that. What yeah. else? You've been... Uh... Yeah, I mean, that's about it, honestly. We took a week off last week. Uh, a lot of shit going on. Yeah, lots um, of shit I going had, on. I had a pet pass away, so... Yeah, that's unfortunate. I'd say we, but he was my family pet. Sorry, yeah. babe. No, Even though okay. you loved him. I did. He was very lovely. Mm-hmm. I gave him milk on regular occasions. Yeah, he wanted milk all the time. It was a cat, by the way. A, a cat, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't like a bird or anything, just, just drinking, like drinking milk. milk all the time. I no. if birds drink milk. We've got two upstairs, you could try. I don't know whether that's Well, last Kaiser. Let's friendly. see what she says. Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, he was about 17, 18 years old. He came to us when he was fully grown. And that's the second cat we've lost this year, so... He had a good life. 2020's been a bit of a bitch, but... Oh, Lord, has it ever. I'm in, like, such a positive headspace. Yes. <laughs> I can't tell if that's a lie or not. I would never lie. You would never lie to your lovely supporting fans. <laughs> <laughs> no jokes. You guys have been really supportive, especially with us being up and down with our um, posting, so we appreciate that. Thank you so much for always interacting with our posts on Instagram and Facebook and Thank you, Bob, for subscribing to the Yumi and Apolta guys website's uh, mailing list. Oh, so if you, you guys Bob. would like to keep up to date with new posts that are happening, oh, at guys dot com, go ahead, jump onto that link that I just said. Then 
youmeetapodcast.com and subscribe to our mailing list where I have now started the Paranormal Encyclopedia. Yes, that is right. You heard it here first. I have started <laughs> the Paranormal Excuse Encyclopedia. Excuse me, I was writing for it before you did. Sir, all of my information is in a document on this fucking oh, computer. Lord. Yeah, my information's scattered. Yeah. But Mine is all in one little space. Thank okay. you. Okay. Misorganization. <laughs> Just All I have to I'm do a... is just write it up a bit more professionally so it's not in my words and it's in, like, <laughs> professional words. Yeah. You know, I'm a free-flowing spirit. I like you to are. keep my I notes sort of scattered around the house in, like, hidey holes. Yeah. Like of any other free-flowing spirit. I thought does. that I was using... A roll of toilet paper, but it just you rolled up all of your notes. <laughs> yeah. Wait, ah, <laughs> uh, that's what that brown was on my <laughs> uh, Hey, I'm a lady, I don't poop. That's right. You work so hard that it all just burns off. That's it. Just like Kim Jong un. Yes, I'm Kim Jong un. <laughs> <laughs> wow, who would have guessed it? Uh shall we continue on with the episode? There was something else we wanted to talk about, wasn't there? God, I don't remember. I don't remember many Tom. things. Oh, Tom. Oh, we have a new review, but, I mean, we could do that halfway through the show. Okay. Let's do it now. We've already alluded to it. <laughs> you may as well. <laughs> hey, Tom, thank you for your review. Oh, am I reading it? I thought we were going to talk about his podcast. Oh, yeah, he does have a cool <laughs> podcast too. Sorry, yeah, let's do that. Tom has a fantastic podcast and our friend Jacob as well, who Belinda hasn't met, but he's my friend. Jacob, you're amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Tom and Jacob have a really cool podcast called On the Air Tonight. You should all go and check it out. We're going to link down in the description so you can click on it and just listen away. Uh, they speak about Australian television shows on free-to-air and like go into detail on some of the sort of... Um, the topics that those television shows sort of discuss. Um, yeah, it's very insightful conversation. It's like Gogglebox for your ears. Exactly. There we go. Uh, but they're a whole lot more entertaining and funny than Gogglebox. Yeah, Gogglebox is so shit. <laughs> if uh, our international listeners are listening Gogglebox. and don't understand what Gogglebox is, it's a show where you watch people watch shows. Yeah, they've got one for the UK. Oh, okay. There I think it, UK did it first, and then Australia's like, that looks good. Nice. That's per use. Yeah, well, um, check out On The Air tonight. It's a good deal of entertainment. They are very hilarious. Uh, I got many chuckles out of listening to their episodes so far. And, uh, yeah, they're bringing episodes to you weekly. Yeah, it's pretty great. Fantastic. Wonderful work, guys. Yeah. On with the show, babe. On with the show and the review can wait. Yeah, uh, now let's just read that now. Yeah, Tom also left us a fantastic review. Thank you, Tom. We love you. What did the Tommy man, what did he leave for us? Says, spooky dookie. (laughs) Isn't a dookie a poop? Yep. (laughs) Thanks, Tom. Um, Five stars. Thank you. Oh, nice. And said, Brayden and Belinda have a great chat and spooked me out just in time for Halloween. Obviously, this was posted just before Halloween. I couldn't recommend your map enough. Can't wait to see Brayden's sexy Pope outfit in the flesh with three little 
um, jack-o'-lantern emojis. So that was literally the day before Halloween. And Brayden, you didn't end up dressing like the sexy Pope. That I just I ended up dressing as a regular Pope. <sighs> so loud. Much to the disappointment of all of the listeners who made sure to comment and say, hey, Brayden, not enough sexiness with your Pope outfit. Mm-hmm. Maybe next time, you. guys. Maybe next time I'm just going to pick an outfit that can be more no, no, sexy. No. no, this is exactly what Brayden said to me. Next time, I'm dressing as what I want to dress as. <laughs> no, like, I'm choosing the topic. Like, you were so set on a nun and then, like, being a cohesive team outfit. Yes, because we're a couple and I just want to do cute couple things. Yes, but when you're a nun, all I have to choose from is altar boy or you could choir have been boy. A nun. No Priest. one was stopping that. I could have been a sexy nun too. I stand corrected. You are right. I could have been a sexy it's nun. It's 2020. You can be a sexy nun. Yes. Hell yeah. God damn. <laughs> Next time we are dressing as Mr. and Mrs. Pac-Man. That's kind of cute. Okay, there we go. I've got the ideas. Sexy Mr. and Mrs. Pac-Man. Oh, the I'm mouth wear opens two up bows. and we're just. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say the mouth opens up and we're just naked inside. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah. it'll be hot in those costumes. <laughs> uh, anyways, how about we move on with the show? Thank you so much for your review, Tom. We love you. Thank you. If you want to leave us a review, you can. We'll read it out on air. If it's five stars, I'm very nice. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, we'll mention it in passing. And if you piss me off enough... I'll definitely read it out. <laughs> don't and give them incentive you. to piss you off. I don't need to give people incentive. They just do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, moving on with the show. Shall I go first? Yeah, because I can't remember who went first last time. Here we go. I'll do it then. Yoo-hoo. <laughs> Is that what you wrote? That's, no, I didn't write that. Yoo-hoo. Back again this week. Talking about another weird and wonderful cryptid from somewhere in the world. Are you talking about a cryptid today as well? I think it is. This is it cryptid, may be an alien. cryptid Tuesday. So when people think of the word cryptid, they usually think of, you okay. know, one of one of two classic ones. I was going to say big, Bigfoot or the Loch Ness Monster. Mothman perhaps as well, yeah. I think that's just Earth us. Mm, I think so. Well... The cryptid I'm going to be discussing is 11-year-old Brayden's sort of go-to monster to talk about in grade 5 and 6 during school. This thing was all my friends and I would ever fucking talk about, I swear to God. It was on the websites we'd go on. It was in games we would play. This thing was the cat's pajamas of creepy creatures. Like, I wonder if you're even old enough to remember this thing you're pretty young i'm i'm two years and one month younger than you <laughs> you're very young so two today, years and one month i am going to be talking about exactly olgoi korkoi otherwise known as you're just like i don't know what that is <laughs> otherwise otherwise known as the mongolian death worm no idea no idea okay. all i know is of the big <laughs> oh shit i just Destroyed everything. The big bullworm from SpongeBob. I don't know that. There we go. Proof you are too young. 
Oh, two years, one month, also not a male that plays video games. Oh, my God. So the legend of Olgoi Korkoi is one that has existed in Mongolia for a very long time. The Mongolian people lived in fear, and a lot still do, of this mythical creature that is said to roam the sands of the Gobi Desert. It wasn't until a book was published in 1926 called On the Trail of Ancient Man that the legend spread to Europe and around the world. The author, Roy Chapman Andrews, would gain great fame from this book. On the Trail of Ancient Man was written while he was traveling around the world on different expeditions. Uh, He was quite the explorer. And one story he decided to share in the book was that that he had learned from the Mongolian nomads about the terrifying Olgoi Korkoi. From this book, legend spreads of Olgoi Korkoi and obviously became known as Mongolian Deathworm because people are too, you know, uh, lazy to constantly pronounce Olgoi Korkoi. Olgoi Korkoi actually roughly translates into English as large intestine worm. And it oh, is believed no. it is believed that it is called that due to its red coloured flesh and the plumpness of its body, which gives the appearance of a large sausage. Okay. The thing in it sort of in spite of what I believed as a child, I, I used to think this thing was like, you know, a hundred meters long and as thick as a bus, etc. That's what the sort of uh the games and things like that would have me believe. But in actuality, this thing is only roughly two to five feet long and about the size or thickness of a human forearm. That is still pretty big. Two to five feet long. For a worm, that's, For a pretty, worm. that's pretty big, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I don't just have garden worms crawling out two to five feet long thick as my forearm. That's still fucking scary. Yeah, you'd be pretty I'd be running away. And a blood red, blood red worm. Like, what's it been eating? Beetroot? <laughs> Beetroot's in the Gobi Desert. <laughs> <laughs> the next book by Yumina Poltergeist. <laughs> <laughs> so, that thing... <laughs> so, the thing that makes the death worm so scary to the Mongolian people is that it is said to be able to spit corrosive, corrosive acid with great accuracy from a distance, meaning that it can kill you from far away. (laughs) Not only that, its body is capable, apparently, of generating an electrical charge that is said to be able to zap its enemies to death. It is said that to touch Olgoi Korkoi is to die immediately. Unfortunately for the author Roy Chapman Andrews, or fortunately, I suppose, if it can do all those things. Uh, he never managed to stumble upon the legendary worm or anyone that had actually seen the worm firsthand and instead just gained a bunch of secondhand stories that came from friends or relatives that had experienced encounters with the worm. Many, many years passed from this uh, book by Roy Chapman Andrews and another explorer decided to try his luck at finding true evidence of the legendary worm. (laughs) The legendary worm just does not sound right. (laughs) Sounds like a really good porn name, though. (laughs) Oh, definitely. 
Welcome to the stage, the legendary worm. So, cryptozoologist Ivan McCurl arrived in Mongolia in 1990 for his first of three expeditions to the Gobi Desert in order to try and uncover the horrific creature that had the nation in fear. Just as a sidebar, we need to go back and look at some of Ivan's expeditions and search for cryptids and whatnot around the world. This guy has, like, done it all. He's been searching for Dracula's castle in Transylvania. He's been, like, scouring for the Loch Ness Monster, all sorts of different creatures. He's very interesting. This guy's living the life. He is. I want to be this guy. How about we just be this guy? We, we can be, bring the dogs. We should be cryptozoologists. Let's be cryptozoologists. Yes. So Ivan's preliminary searches weren't coming up with anything, and he was getting rather frustrated. Most of the accounts he was getting were simple sort of sightings and accounts from nomads that he had encountered uh, during his expedition. He heard from locals that the worm was attracted to the color yellow and learned of a story where a child had been playing with a yellow ball in the desert nearby to his house. The child went home after playing and was followed and consumed by an Olgoi Korkoi. The child's parents went searching for the worm to exact revenge, but they too were killed by the worm. That was really the most sort of compelling story that he was managed he'd able sorry, he was able to get from his first venture into the Gobi Desert. Eventually, Ivan was running out of ideas to encounter the worm, so he took a page straight out of science fiction and used a technique he had seen used or read used in the 1965 novel Dune. The book was a... um, It's a fictional sort of tale where giant sandworms could be brought to the surface with, like, rhythmic thumping on the sands. So Ivan went full MacGyver, constructed a motorized thumper that would thump the top of the sand, and tested whether or not this novel's methods of attracting, you know, worms to the surface would actually work. There is, like, an ancient skill called, I think it's, worm like worm charming or something like that where they like make like rubs on top of the sand or on top of the dirt to bring worms to the surface so i guess it would have that similar effect but i think the worms in june were actually like giant not like old goy corkoy like you know two foot and a forearm anyways he wouldn't come to find any worms obviously he wasn't deterred however as he went home because he led a second eight-week expedition into the Gobi Desert to try and find the worm again. Oh, my God. This is the second second of three of his expeditions to the desert, trying it's to find... Three? He, he, is, he was determined to try and find this bloody thing. So this time he used explosives instead of a thumper to try and bring forth the worm, you know? Because what... <laughs> what creature wouldn't be attracted to the sound of explosions? I mean, if you're a little bit curious, you'd, you'd peek your head out of the sand, right? Oh, yeah, very much so. Um, But, yeah, those attempts obviously failed, but he did have to leave under very mysterious circumstances. Ooh. 
I think I might try and... Mystery. I, I think I'm going to leave that to the end, as that is probably the most supernatural of encounters with this worm. So, well, it's, it could be seen as other things, but we'll get to that soon. Okay. So the last expedition that he led to find the worm was in 2004... And that was right about the time that I started getting super excited about the Mongolian deathworm. I suppose news must have been spreading around the world and I was catching that on the internet because at that time I was, you know, on the dial-up, playing RuneScape, playing Mongolian deathworm games, having a lot of fun. I was, yeah, inundated with that sort of information. Um, Unfortunately... Oh, this this was not Ivan, sorry. Another expedition was led. Uh, but the zoologist and their team came up empty-handed again, unable to locate Olgoi Korkoi. And then Ivan made one more attempt in his own that year, uh, renting a light aircraft to go out and scour the desert for signs of the acid-spitting sausage. And finally concluded that the worm was either legendary and too rare to spot, or was entirely fictional a bunch of other expeditions had been mounted to find the worm but all have returned home without any evidence these are legendary creatures that are feared in mongolia Uh, most of the explorers tend to share the same belief that since the worm stories are so widespread there must be some truth behind them but they theorise that perhaps the people are mistaking, like, spitting snake species for Olgoi Korkoi. Um, I suppose, as with most of these stories, this is something that we may never know. But if you do manage to find yourself in the Gobi Desert, I would tread carefully, as you might accidentally step into the territory of one of these creatures. So, back to Ivan's second second endeavor Mm -hmm. so he he had gotten sick under mysterious circumstances and but before his trip or while while he was sorry while he was on his trip at the start he went to see a mongolian buddhist monastery and had told them of his expedition and the sort of plan I i lost plan in my mind and his plan to try and find Olgoi Korkoi. But the monk, monks of the monastery warned him immediately that the worm was a supernatural evil akin to the devil or a demon. And that oh. disturbing the demon of the sands would only bring him misfortune and misery. As I said, he got sick. He suddenly fell ill after exploring his way around the Gobi Desert. He described the moment that he started feeling ill was after a horrific nightmare. The nightmare was terrible. He was crawling away from a monstrous worm in the desert, but the thing was biting down into his back and consuming him with an acidic bite. Unable to get away, he resigned to his death. He woke up in a panic, found... On his back were very bad, was very bad bruising and blood boils which had suddenly come up. Which apparently were entirely unexplainable, according to him. I'm sure there are other ways he could have gotten blood boils and bruising on his back, but that is what um, Ivan is saying. You don't fuck with the demon of the sands, Ivan. Obviously... 
he had to cut his hunt short due to this and head home uh, with his tail between his legs. But he did end up going back and made a full recovery, obviously. And I think he ended up dying in the late like eighties, maybe. Mm. I can't, I can't quite remember. But um, yeah, he ended up living a full life. So old Goy Korkoy was not the death of him in the end. Well, that that's good news. Yeah, neither Dracula or the Loch Ness monster. And yeah, that's all I have on the Mongolian death worm. You should definitely look it up. I'm going to show you a picture of it right now. What the artist depiction of it is. Okay. There's a lot of sort of weird accounts. Well, not weird accounts. There's a lot of sort of information that make me think that Olgoi Korkoi cannot be a worm because worms need moisture to sort of breathe. Yeah, so why would it be in a desert? Desert, exactly, yeah. They're like little landfish. <laughs> little landfish. That's a good name. So while Brayden's waiting to show me a photo, I broke my nail yesterday, but not... Oh, like a little centipede. Mm. Yes, very terrifying, that mouth there. <laughs> yeah, I broke my nail yesterday, but um, Brayden's looking at my hand like, no, you haven't. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> so this is what... Girls actually get upset over when they break their nails. Is I've broken the acrylic and my nail bed. Ow. So my pinky on my right hand is like terribly broken. Oh no. It is extremely sore and I've got to wait for it to grow out before I can get it done again. Ouch. And I just thought that was news you all needed to hear. Yeah, thank you for sharing. (laughs) It bled. I have photos. I have a photo. Molly's sniffing at the door if any of you can hear that. I'll let her in. (laughs) All right, I'll let her in. Let my baby in. Hi, chicken. I thought you were in here. Hi, chicken. The tail is wagging. She bit Belinda's foot. Very excited. I licked it. Very good. All right. I did a chicken. What are you talking about today, babe? I'm talking about the Enfield monster. Ooh. Not to be confused with the Enfield poltergeist. I'm intrigued. So I got my info from allthatsinteresting.com and thevillagesvoice.com. Nice. So I had um, my cousin Tony... He um, tagged me in a post not too long ago about this. So cheers, Tony, for giving me something to talk about. Nice. I don't know how to read. Okay. Three legs, pink eyes as big as flashlights was the headline of a newspaper in 1973 in Enfield, Illinois. The two young children of Henry McDaniel had claimed to see a strange creature lurking in their yard and trying to get into their house one night. Henry didn't believe the children and assumed they had an active imagination, as most young children do. Of course. Of course. But later on, in the evening of April 25th, 1973, 
He woke to the sounds of scratching. He grabbed his gun and a torch. Henry peered out his front door to, and to his surprise, right there as the children had described, was a creature standing between two rose bushes. He described the creature as having almost like a human body. It had three legs on it, a short body, two little short arms, and two pink eyes as big as flashlights. It stood four and a half to five foot tall and was greyish coloured, he recounted Uh. to the reporter Dennis Montgomery. After seeing the creature standing about 12 feet from his door, Henry fired four rounds. He said he knew that the first shot had hit the creature because it had let out a loud hiss, much like a wildcat. The creature fled from the house, travelling 50 feet in three jumps. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. A three-legged jumper. A three-legged jumper. It's like a super kangaroo. (laughs) Well, Henry then called the police, who arrived to only find tracks similar to dogs, but that had six toe pads and scratches on his front door. James Massa, one of the troops, one of the troopers, sorry, said Henry appeared rational and sober. So he was of sound in mind. Yep. Henry went on to exclaim that it definitely was not a dog nor a kangaroo. Oh. He once had a pet kangaroo when serving in the army in Australia, but he is now an antique dealer. (laughs) Well, at the time, he was an antique dealer. When questioned how he was able to recount incredible detail from a short encounter, Henry said he has a photostatic memory. Henry also claimed that school children have seen a similar creature at the school ballpark and said if they find it they will find more than one and they won't be and they won't be from this planet. What Most the people hell? didn't believe him. And it didn't help when a 10-year-old neighbor gave a false witness report to uh, to the said beast. He later admitted that his testimony was just a prank against Mr. McDaniel. What an asshole kid. <laughs> fucking 10-year-old, right? God damn it. Henry McDaniel reported two more sightings to the police, but they eventually threatened him with jail time because nobody believed that what he saw was actually real. On May 6th, he was awakened by howling dogs in the neighbourhood. He looked out his front door and saw the monster again. It was standing near railroad tracks. This time, he didn't shoot at it. He said it walked. it started to walk down the track and it didn't seem to be in any hurry. But after this claim was made public, other eyewitness accounts became uh, began to arise about the Enfield monster. There was another account that investigators learned about a younger boy, Greg Garrett. He, believed he lived behind Henry McDaniel and had been playing in his yard about half an hour before the incident. The creature had suddenly appeared and attacked Greg. Apparently, it just stepped on his foot, but that was enough to tear the boy's tennis shoe to shreds. Oh, my God. He ran into his house hysterically crying. Monster hunters then flocked to the town, and at least five men were arrested by Deputy Sheriff Jim Clark as threats to public safety and for hunting violations after firing shots in the area and claiming to have photographed the creature on May 8th. Two of the men thought they may have hit it, but it sped off faster than any man could in their Jeez. words. 
The news director of the radio station WWKI in Kokomo, Indiana, Rick Rainbow, was also a credible witness to this particularly strange creature. He and three other people spotted the monster near an abandoned house, just a short distance from McDaniel's house. They didn't get a great look at it, but also described that it was grey in colour and about five feet tall and stooped over. As it ran from... Uh, as it ran from them, Rick was able to tape record its cry, similar to what Henry McDaniel had heard. Another researcher, Lauren Coleman, also heard the cry when they had came, when they had come <laughs> to track down the creature. He also heard the same sound while searching around the area of Henry's home. The sightings soon stopped as quickly as they had started. There seems to be no explanation as to what the creature was, where it went or came from, and if it will ever come back. Some have suspected that it may have been something related to the UFO activity that had been reported in the general area, but we will never really know. Oh my god. And it's a quick little short one, but that's the Enfield monster. That's so creepy. A three-legged tripod looking thing with pink eyes with as pink big as torches torch eyes and gray skin and it can tear a tennis shoe in half of its with steps one on foot it. with one foot with one of its one three, of three feet. feet yeah uh that's all we have time for today that's all we've got we're gonna go to breakfast yes we've got to go i'm on a diet i can't eat much <laughs> i've decided i'm gonna do the seven day cabbage soup diet which means all I eat for seven days is cabbage soup and then whatever that day allows me to eat. So yesterday was just fruit and cabbage soup. Today is just vegetables and cabbage soup. Nice. And tomorrow it's fruit and vegetables. And, and cabbage, cabbage soup. soup. And then the day after... Um, Tomato and meat and cabbage soup. No, that's banana day. Oh. I, can, I just have bananas, milk, and yogurt. That's so good. And cabbage soup. That's a good day. And then it's tomatoes <laughs> and... Meat. Meat. Uh, Proteins such as meat. fish, chicken, and turkey. Okay. Nice. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're enjoying it. I love tomatoes anyway, so I'm just going to break out in hives at some point during this, because I'm allergic to copious amounts of fruit acid. Yeah. I thought you were only able to just eat fish. It shouldn't be too hard if you're allowed to eat all the proteins. Fish, turkey. Eggs. It's not that, though. It's fish, turkey, chicken. Is that it? Yes. Okay. Anyways, thank <laughs> you so much. Vegetarian. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope you had a fun time here talking about some creepy cryptids. And my diet. And Melinda's diet. Thank you. If... Thanks for coming along. If you want to find us, where can they find us online? You mean a podcast.com. And that's just about it. That's you just can... about it. All of our social links are there and everything. Patreon, YouTube, Instagram, posts. Submit a story there Submit too. Submit your story. Tell us about your spooky we stuff. We actually want to hear it and read it. We believe you. We will validate you by believing you immediately. We believe you already. Don't forget. Exercise regularly. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.